Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. got another treat for you today for Song of the Soul. We're going to be visiting with Danny Schmidt, one of the artists associated with the Americana Agency and John Laird. I'm hoping to have several musicians from the group as my guests over the next couple of months, but we're starting out with a man of great talent. Danny Schmidt's songs can be fun, but what you'll hear today is vivid imagery and probing lyrics reminiscent of Bob Dylan or perhaps Leonard Cohen. Danny tours widely, so wherever you are, you could have the good fortune of hearing him in person. Right now, let's call Danny Schmidt's cell phone and see where we find him. Danny, it's great to have you here for Song of the Soul. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking with you. Nice to meet you. Tell the folks where you're standing right at the moment. At this particular moment, I'm standing in the middle of Central Park, overlooking one of the little lakes here. I'm not from New York, so I'm not, I couldn't tell you which little lake I'm overlooking, but it's a beautiful spring day in Central Park, and there's lots of what look to be romantic people paddling their paddle boats around the lake. It's really nice day in New York. And what has taken you to Central Park and to New York specifically? Well, I am on a tour for my new album. I have a couple shows in New York City. And a bunch of friends that I'm trying to catch up with while I'm here. One of them, a songwriter friend uh, named Nels Andrews, who has an adorable little three-year-old who lives in Central Park. And so we were out visiting. And he's, he's on a different trajectory in the park right now, hoping the three-year-old will fall asleep. And I'm sitting on a rock. 
So how long is this tour? When do you get back home and where is home? Home is Austin, Texas. I've been on the road for about six weeks so far, mostly on the West Coast. have a couple more weeks out here. And the new CD you talked about releasing, is that The Man of Many Moons? Yeah, I have some recent ones. came out about two months ago, I think. Did you pick that just because of alliteration? No, I picked it. It was uh, the title of one of the songs on the record, and that line became the title of the song because it was sort of the line that tied the song together. And that's a song about sort of coming to terms with a wrestling match in my brain around commitment of various sorts through the years. And after I made the record, I realized that that was a theme that sort of wove in and out of a bunch of the songs on there. So it seemed like a good title to tie the whole album together. But what do you want to start out your Song of the Soul with? What song is going to be our kickoff? Let's, let's start with Company Friends. That leads us into the, I don't know, we were talking about what we're doing here this afternoon. And for me, I'm catching up with one of my best buddies. And the song is just about how your friendships and your relationships are sort of the only thing tangible you really have when you boil all the rest away. You know, that may be true until you have children, which is, of course, a relationship, too. Do you have children, wife? Have you, Commitment, you said, is one of the issues that you're talking about on the CD, Man of Many Moons. Company of Friends, commitment, too? Less, uh, that's a more organic process, in my mind, as opposed to sort of a commitment by decision, where you're sort of at a, at a point and you need to decide which road you're going down and sticking to it. Whereas for me, friendships have always been a very organic, slow process that just seems to happen. I want to get people started off with your music right away. This first song is Company of Friends, and it's by my wonderful guest for today, Danny Schmidt. I believe in love. 
on ears I believe what's shared is savored In the end I do believe And I believe in work on Sundays I believe in raising barns I believe in wasting Mondays In the end I do believe And I believe in intuition I believe in being wrong I believe in contradiction In the end I do believe And I believe in living smitten I believe all hearts will mend I believe our book is written By our company of friends Company of Friends by Danny Schmidt. His website is dannyschmidt.com, and Schmidt is S-C-H-M-I-D-T. It must be confusing having people with different endings, D-T, T-T, and, and so on. Did it take you long to learn it? Did you master it right away by first grade, Danny? <laughs> I suspect that I did, and now it doesn't even matter because Google uh, is smarter than all of us. I use Google as my spell check somehow because uh, it knows what I intend better than I do. So luckily when people plug it in now, regardless of how, they, how badly they try to butcher the spelling, they'll find it. Again, the site is dannyschmidt.com. You can always find links to all my guests via my site, northernspiritradio.org. It's a masterful song, Danny. I, I love your poetic thoughts, ramblings. Is this a, a lifelong thing? I mean, I was asking first grade if you know how to write your name. Were you a writer from day one, a singer, songwriter, all of that from first grade? Not a writer in a musical context at all, but it's just writing for its own sake I was I always enjoyed writing I wrote poems when I was a kid I wrote lots of short stories when I was a kid I was I especially liked the sort of science fiction-y style with a big twist at the end I wrote a lot of those when I was a kid expository essays later on when I got a little bit older and sort of tried to process my own observations about the world and then sometimes in my 20s I started getting applied towards music sort of accident well, the song seems like it's a prescription for how you want your memorial service, your funeral, to go. When they put me in the ground or something, this is how I want my wake to be? Uh, no, not, nothing so literal in narrative as that. More, uh, I wrote it after a friend of mine passed away in Charlottesville, Virginia, younger than he should have. And I grew up in Austin, but I'd lived in Charlottesville for about five years, and I'd just moved back to Austin when he passed away, and so I wasn't able to attend the service myself, but I got a lot of reports from friends, and at his at the viewing, the body viewing, the line of people to be part of that stretched all the way out to funeral home, all the way down to the curb, all the way down to the corner, around the whole block, and came back and met itself, and if you knew R.B., that was a perfect image, a perfect single image for what was so great about him. He loved people. People loved him. His relationships were extremely important. And just it just made me reflect on, on what's important to accumulate in life and important friendships. 
seem like an important thing to accumulate. It is a wonderful measure of who a person really is. I mean, some people come because the person is important, but it sounds like R.B. was one of those people who comes because he shared a piece of his heart and had yours with him, too. Yeah, and it, it just seemed, it seemed, it popped into my head. It seemed like an obvious measure of what kind of life you live. If you can stand back and look at a, a group of people accumulated around you, I can't think of a more important measure for, not, not, not the sheer volume of the people, but just the quality of the people that you've attracted to you over your life and who have attracted you over their life. And it does seem like the best measure of judgment that I can think of. I love the poetry throughout your songs, Danny. And there are a couple lines in that one that I just wanted to sort out what was going on in your mind when you put it down to paper. Uh, one of them is, you know, you say something about raising a glass to consciousness. I guess maybe that's one of the important values for you. A lot of people just like spontaneousness is what I am all about. Consciousness implies some other things. Is that important to you? Yeah, and it's even le- less of a value as much as like I just think that is what life is that's that spark of consciousness that we're blessed with for however long we get to have it you also refer to believing in private thunder and I had a great image as you said that but I had no idea what you really mean by it yeah it's funny that whole sort of litany of beliefs is fairly well uh, impressionistic Uh, so some of it's very literal and clear some of it's not to me it's just that the idea that we have a very private, subjective experience, each of us does, with even big things that we all share a common experience of. It's still a private experience as well. Well, then let's get into some more of your music, Danny, because I think this will flesh out for me more about how you see the world, how you conceive of things. And one of the things that struck me is you take on a lot of pretty deep topics in your songs. You're dealing with pretty life-changing things. I expect that people want you to give them the answers to the meaning of life. Does that happen? If so, they don't really articulate it to me. I think they understand. I mean, my role is just to write down the little insights I get whenever I get them and observations I see when I see them. Hopefully there's some wisdom in there, a few answers, a few sort of helpful directions maybe for people to find their own answers. But I don't see that as any different than what everyone else has as they walk through and they share them with their friends. Usually they're not always sort of broadcasting them publicly in the form of a song or something, but it's sort of what we do whenever we communicate with each other. Well, let's test it out a little bit further. Give us another song, and we'll see if maybe your insights uh, do represent new light for us. Well, we could try This Too Shall Pass. That's another in the heavy realm of things. Why did you include this in your Song of the Soul? Is it What's it talk about for you? Well, I wrote it after I was having some health problems, and a friend of mine made me a ring that said, this too shall pass on it. I, I had always sort of discounted that phrase when I heard it as somewhat superficial, sort of chicken soup for the soul kind of response to trouble, sort of Pollyanna, don't worry, everything's going to get better, which, you know, I didn't take that seriously because it's not my experience with things. My experience with things is that sometimes things get better, sometimes things get worse. You don't really know what's in store, and... The more I looked into that phrase and where it originated from, the more I appreciated that it was more just talking about our transient nature here and how everything changes. And that can be a really, an extremely reassuring thought 
if today was a really bad day, but it's also a thought that keeps us from getting too, you know, happy with ourselves on a great day too, which I think is good for sort of creating balance and equanimity in our lives. Let's listen to the song, and uh, you can weigh it for your own measure of meaning. Another wonderful deep song, I think, from Danny Schmidt. It's called This Too Shall Pass. change fast but this too shall pass better carve it on your forehead or tattoo it on your ass cause who can tell when the clock strikes 12 if today's become tomorrow it's all just gone to hell my friend makes rings she swirls and sings she's a mystic in the sense that she's still mystified by things but scared to ask how can nothing seem to last it's like a cancer in your body at all goes too fast. We think too big, we think ourself is one whole thing, and we claim that this collection has a name and is a being, but deep inside. When every cell divides Well it sets upon the rule That state self-interest is divine And cancer too Lives by this golden rule That you must do unto the others As the others unto you All for the best Because it's all that life accepts And so we kill it like a buffalo With awe and with respect Just holler at the sky Cause she'll tell it to you plainly And the clouds that whisper by And praise the shapes And then praise the way they change And they'll teach you not to pray to light Without you pray to rains I pray to hands I pray to knees And I pray to blades of grass To find forgiveness in the weeds But as for health I just never did believe And so I never prayed myself Except to those that prayed for me I was told there was a king that always fell too high and then he fell too low and so he called all the wise men to the hall and he begged them for a gift to end the rises and the falls but here's the thing they came back with a ring it was simple and was plainly unbefitting of a king engraved in black well it had no front or back but there were words around the band that said just know this too shall pass
one of many masterpieces, I think, by Danny Schmidt, This Too Shall Pass. And Danny, I've got questions about this song. You mentioned originally that you had some health concerns, which kind of got you on the topic. Was cancer the topic? Because you mentioned it twice in the song. Yeah, that was what, you know, originated the thinking. I hope the song generalized enough that it isn't specifically a cancer song, because I don't think of it as that. Um, but that is what started. And and I, I think, too, sort of the nature of cancer, a sort of out-of-control, self-replicating cell that takes its own direction and, you know, maybe deviates from the master plan of the body, was a pretty good analogy itself, sort of frantic change. And I thought it fit the, I thought it fit the musical riff in the song, the sort of finger style stuff. I thought it had a sort of frenetic quality to it, which seemed appropriate to me. I may have been reading in some kind of deep reflections on God into it, maybe beyond what you intended, because I had back, it was in actually 1993, I had my own reflections about cells of our body and this, and uh, what I, the truth that I think I came to was that the same relationship that exists between each cell of our body, each individual cell, each person, if you will, at the cellular level, and ourselves is the same relationship that exists between us and this thing that we call God. And I was aware that cells were simply, I guess they, you'd say that they were individuals who were greedy and going a little bit wild, kind of living out maybe the American dream to a greater degree than most of us think is very wise. Anyway, I had echoes of that when I was listening to the song. Any of that resonate with you? Yeah, very much so. I mean, I think that was one of the central images in there to me. To me, the pivotal line in that song actually is that self-interest is divine and that every cell sort of acting in its own self-interest, as we are, I think, that's sort of our job here, the sort of self-organization of all the parts that makes this greater whole that, you know, if you want to call that the divine or God or whatever, I mean, there's a lot of different names and call it sort of self-organized being. Give me a little bit of your religious and or spiritual background, whatever, however that worked out for you. Yeah, well, I was, I was raised in a Jewish family, wasn't very turned on by the religious element of it, so I didn't reject it in a, in a sort of forceful, negative manner, but I, I didn't really participate in it after I was about 13. And then just kind of different ideas that seem to resonate with me from different traditions. So I, I don't, from a religious standpoint, I don't really consider myself anything in particular. I know I'm a you know, somewhat spiritual person, but not with anything in particular name. Nameless is good, too. I think that namelessness is probably one of the best names for the divine, or whatever we conceive of that. So <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. Let's keep going on your Song of the Soul. Can you give us song number three for this journey? Sure. Well, maybe uh, Stained Glass might be a good choice for the next one, then, given where this conversation has led us. You said you were raised Jewish. I guess there's not a lot of stained glass in that. I, I don't think I've ever been in a synagogue or a temple that had stained glass. I, I could be wrong, but you obviously got the image from somewhere outside of Judaism. Yeah, it's definitely very... I mean, the whole song's built by Christian imagery. I've always considered it very uh, humanist song and not really religious, even though it was written into a religious story. Uh, to me, so about the meeting ground where sort of human human frailty and, and just, you know, humanness in general is divine. 
process man and God meet. Well, because I consider this kind of the best of your best, which is saying a lot, I want to have people listen to it right away, talk more afterwards. This is Danny Schmidt's song, Stained Glass. It was 30 days till Easter when the elm tree hit the church. Thank God it fell on Friday because at least no one was hurt. There was fear it might delay the second coming of the Lord Cause the stained glass crucifixion was in stains upon the floor They spent a day of cleaning and a day to board the hole where the stained glass once had cast a godly light upon the fold. But come the Sunday service, all the faces now were gray. They commenced to take donations as the faithful knelt to pray. On Monday they discovered that the man who built the glass was the only man in town who could and sadly he had passed but his father who was 90 said the tools were in the shed and he'd kindly try and resurrect the window from the dead the congregation argued but the wise ones all rejoiced Cause in the one hand was solution In the other was no choice So they gave the man their blessings And they gave his hand a shake And they gave him all the coins They had collected on their plate Till Easter they'd seen neither hide nor hair So they came and knocked at supper time In hopes the man was there But a banging from the basement Was about all that they could hear And curses that might make the devil blush And wash his ears man was up on ladders with the window nailed in place it was covered in black velvet like a hood or like a veil he pulled the sheet and there it hung apocryphal and frail Melted jagged, they were crooked like a spine. The glass was rough like hands of man against the hands of time. There was blood stains in the red, and there were teardrops in the blue. He said it may not be the best, but it's the best that I can. Apple 
felt a silence, it was more than just surprise. The monstrosity of color slid its tongue across their eyes. They shivered from exposure like babies born again. Cause in every pane of glass was all the joy. smile, there's every joyful tear, there's each and every choice that leads from every there to here, there's every cozy stranger, there's every awkward friend, there's every perfect night that's left initials in the sand, there's every day that's filled so full the weeks would float away, there's all those days spent wondering what to do with all those days, there's every lie that's ever saved the truth from Shamed in every secret you could ever trust a friend to hide away. There's the fortune of discovering a new face you might adore. In the thrill of coming home to find your clothes upon the floor. In the prideful immortality of children in the home. Though the storm can't grind the mountain down, it can only shift the stones. There's everything your mouth says that your lips don't understand. And every shape inside your head that you can't carve with your hands. And every slice of glass revealed to its place and God removed his veil to show the scars across his face and some folks prayed in reverence and some folks prayed in fear as all the shades and chaos in the glass became a mirror Stained Glass by my wonderful guest today for Song of the Soul, Danny Schmidt. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Song of the Soul, which is a Northern Spirit Radio production. Website, northernspiritradio.org. On my site, you'll find all of my archives of the last five and a half years, plus links to my guests like to Danny Schmidt. His website is dannyschmidt.com. Follow the link from my site or go directly. And as Danny said, Google knows what you're thinking even better than you do. So you can trust them to find them too. Danny, one of the things that makes that song masterful, in addition to just incredible amount of wonderful lyrics in it, is the violin in there. Is that a friend of yours? Or maybe uh, you play guitar and then you dash over and play violin at the same time? Uh, thank you. Yeah, no, there was a couple of guys that we worked with on that record. Um I think I put strings on almost all the records. I really like how the long tones stuff, like cellos and violins, and, and accordions too, for that matter, play against the sort of the fast pattern of the words and stuff. I think they juxtapose nicely. Some of the phrases in that song that really grabbed me were some of the 
paradoxical language that you used. Uh, one of them was you talked about emblazoned imperfections in a perfect stream of light. In another case, you're talking about being unveiled and how it hung apocryphal and frail. And, and the guy who's doing this wonderful, incredible, life-changing work of art, you know, cursing up a storm so that he would make the devil blush and wash his ears. That kind of juxtaposition of paradoxes, I think, ends up getting us closer to the center of whatever is. There's a book by a Quaker, Parker Palmer, called The Promise of Paradox. So we're, we're getting into those P's pretty good here. Do you relate to paradox personally? Is that one of your own spiritual tools? I think what I'm trying to envision, my sense of, you know, what the divine is, to me, it's the accumulation of all the little parts of each of us and of all of us together and of everything in our ecosystem, in our universe, and it's the way that all those parts seem to fit together perfectly, even though every one of those parts has its sort of failings and trappings, but the whole, the whole of it all together is my own notion of the divine. And so the only way I could think to try and capture that sense of everything all at once was to throw a bunch of sort of contradictions at each other and marry them to one another. And as you say, that does make a paradox. You know, if you're holding two contradictory things in your mind at once to be true, that's sort of paradoxical, but that's kind of where I come from. One of the other phrases that just blew me away was, uh, you talk about as a chapel fell in silence is more than just surprise as the monstrosity of color slid its tongue across their eyes. You must have had fun with that one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's fun to push the boundary of sometimes it's necessary in a song to make people uncomfortable, like it's effective and useful and you don't want to make them too uncomfortable. It's just uncomfortable enough, so hopefully that's still on the right side of the line. Well, one of the things that strikes me about your lyrics is that you obviously have some connection or influence or perhaps resemblance simply to Leonard Cohen, but I think you're a fair amount younger. I think you're 40, and he would have been long gone uh, off the music scene by the time you were coming of high school age. Did you connect with his music some way? Yeah, I think at the point that I connected with it, it wasn't... When he, right, as he was releasing things, it was, um, I was, I was into a lot of classic rock and stuff like that, and he came out of the era that I was interested in. Yeah, I sort of discovered and got into all those writers right about the same time. Leonard Cohen, Bob Dylan, uh, Neil Young, uh, John Prine, Towns Van Zandt I discovered a little bit later. And they were all important to me for different ways. Like, Dylan was much more important to me personally. Like, I could relate to what he had to say a lot better. I was really into Leonard Cohen as far as how elegantly he said the things that he had to say, but it was a little bit more esoteric maybe for me at the time and not what especially affected me personally. Well, give us some more music for your Song of the Soul. I think we've got a couple more songs yet we can include. Sure, yeah, we can play uh, Know That Place if you want. Different sort of song. And that's off of your new CD, Man of Many Moons? Yeah. What place does this song have in the CD? I mean, I don't know if you exactly architect together a CD, you know, fit in all the bricks to make a whole, but it's part of that stream of consciousness or it's part of your development of looking at commitment, sorting that out. What part does this song play in that whole building that you're building up through your CD? I mean, I never 
overly conceptualize the record beforehand. Oh, uh, after you sort of pick the songs that seem to fit well together, and then you record them all, and then you're sitting with the actual productions of each song, and then you, that's usually the point at which I try and figure out how they're going to fit with each other and what order on the record. Uh, know that place? We stuck at the end. It just seemed like a nice send-off about not letting anybody tell you what your limitations ought to be. Let you discover that for yourself as you go through life. Did you feel like people were doing that to you in your personal life, you know, putting you in a, a slot that maybe you didn't fit in quite right? No, actually, I wrote that one after I overheard a conversation at the table next to me between these two girls, and uh, one of the girls was counseling her friends to uh, aspire to less, that, uh, that she kept failing miserably, and I guess uh, being miserable all the time from that, and and, you know, I don't know these girls. Maybe it was a, maybe that was sage advice and she needed a moment of tough love. But my knee-jerk response to it was that that was horrible advice. And that song is sort of, if I had been invited to the table to chime in with my two cents worth, that's what I would have told the girls. Know Thy Place, Danny Schmidt.
don't look down Cause that's all been seen Step by step and breath by breath It's a trail of dreams It's a trail of dreams Step by step and breath by breath Step by step and breath by breath Step by step and breath by breath It's a trail of dreams You know, Danny, what I'm kind of hoping is that that girl that you overheard being talked to, that she heard this song later and said, yeah, that's the message I needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she had other friends. I'm sure she talked about it a lot with different groups, and she uh, she probably got a whole spectrum of messages and hopefully uh, accepted the ones that, that made the most sense for her. Again, the song was Know Thy Place. It's off of Danny Schmidt's latest CD, Man of Many Moons. And we're wending our way toward the end of his Song of the Soul. I asked him to pick out the songs that spoke of his spiritual path, journey, or beliefs. And it's an incredibly large field of deep songs to choose from. You want to mention at least one song that you didn't choose that you were really tempted to include in your Song of the Soul? Oh gosh, there's any number of ones. Uh, there's one called The Wind. It's kind of a wedding perspective song. I, I mean, it's, given the nature of your show, I tried to pick ones that had a little bit more gravity to them, but there's a bunch of songs that are actually a lot more fun and lighter. But yeah, there's one called Better Off Broke that I think, um, I'm sorry for, the, sorry for the noise here in Central Park, but yeah, I might have picked that one as well. Well, by process of elimination, I know which song you've chosen last for your Song of the Soul. You want to tell us about Serpentine's Cycle of Money, since you just passed up the song, uh, Better Off Broke? Um, yeah, it was, uh, I think the, the last record, both those songs came from the last record, which <clears throat> dealt more with different ways of thinking about wealth and money. It might be very abstract concept sort of what the value of our work is and the value of our life and what we choose to do with our work. It's, uh, there's a lot of songs trying to wrap my brain around that. And I took the title, that been, the title of the record is Instead the Forest Rose to Sing, and the song we're about to play, Serpentine Cycle Money, is a song about a guy that stumbles across somehow, stumbles across so much money that it has no value for him at all because there's total lack of scarcity, and he actually loses his his direction and purpose and thinks of everything is very valueless. And then he has this revelation in the middle of the song and the, the, the line instead the forest rose to sing <clears throat> was sort of captures his moment of revelation. You'll, you'll, you'll hear when it gets there. And where he realizes that with all that money, he can direct a whole lot of good things and raise a lot of good values in the world through using it. And, and really... In a greater sense, it's about sort of giving back whatever it is that you do have to offer, give it back to the community in a way to raise everybody up a little bit. So I guess that would also be your personal philosophy. I assume because you're a folk singer type that you must be rich, rolling in money that you can give back to the world. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of disgusting. But I guess you give them back through your music, which uh, I do find to be really rich. Well, I mean, there's so many ways to give back to. You can be 
you can be destitute and give some of your time or attention or energy towards something that you believe in and, you know, just back to the community. This is the final song for Danny Schmidt's Song of the Soul. It's called Serpentine Cycle of Money. Turned over a stone today A stone I guess I'd never turn And there beneath the bones and clay A billion dollars brightly burned So I went and stuffed my pockets full But people grow as pockets do Fat and free, the money flowed as silver shines. I got fat too. Hey, 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 hey. A penny for your thoughts, my friend. A dime and then a dollar too. How about a gold medallion then? Your deepest thoughts should shine right through It's true you came by love, my dear Your money sure can lavish love So wash the sheets in baby tears And paint the grapes with With virgin's blood I couldn't dream to have Since dreams could not perform at prime Till dreams became a lonely mistress Desire a neglected wife I went back to the stone again And I sat down on my gluttony And I begged the forest floor to fall Instead the forest It rose to sing Give it back Give it back Or give it back It all ain't all that Or give it back Give it back now Give it back It all ain't all And all ain't all So now I turn each stone I find Plant pennies like their dreams are seeds And hunger pulls the plow just fine Starvation, she's a butchered beast The schoolrooms glow like palace halls And parks like terraced garden grounds And neighbors covet only calls And all the earth is, is holy ground Give it back, give back, give back, it's all for all that. Give back, give back, give back, it's all for all that. Give back, give back, give back, it's all for all and all.
that rockish tune was Serpentine Cycle of Money. Danny Schmidt is the author and performer, and he's the one who makes such great lyrics in there. And in that one, Danny, uh, <laughs> there there's a phrase. I yeah, Again, you know, sometimes when I hear your phrases, and maybe it's like Dylan's or Leonard Cohen's, I hear the phrase and it captures me, but I really have no idea what the hell it really means. Uh, one of them <laughs> was... While hunger pulls the plow just fine, starvation, she's a butchered beast. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it, that's redolent of meaning, I guess. But I'm not sure what it means to you. Right. It's funny, too. And with, impressionist, with Impressionism, I would argue that you do know what it means at some level, and it's in some sort of inarticulatable level, which is why I like imagery and symbolism and Impressionism, because it can say things, you know, in, in a very economic way, in two lines that you and I could spend the next three hours discussing the concept of needs versus wants, which is what, what that line is basically talking about. It's like saying, well, wants are maybe being taken care of, needs, there are no needs left in, in that stage of the song. I don't suppose you were particularly affected by Melvina Reynolds' music, but one of her lines that she passed on through her daughter is, enough is a feast. How do you like that one? Yeah, big, big. Well, you've got a wonderful, wonderful assortment of music out there. I guess mostly in the folk music arena, uh, that last one, as I said, uh, you know, that has a kind of a rock tone to it. Have you been through all the styles of music? Is folk Americana home for you at the moment or all along? Um, yeah, and it's funny because those, all those genre terms have more to do with marketing networks and stuff like that than they do with uh, the music itself. I just write songs, and some of the songs, you know, take on a bluesy quality. Some of them want to rock a little bit. Some of them are extremely folky, and I don't really, I don't really worry about what they are. I just write them as they seem to want to be written, and then sort of <laughs> sort out and deal with how I'm going to put them out in the world after the fact. I think what I've decided is if it's got the name Danny Schmidt connected with it, it's worth listening to. It's really great music. Danny, I'm so glad I could share it with our listeners here at Song of the Soul. Thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for uh, instigating this fascinating conversation. That's so much more fun for me than just a little regular interview. It's, it's fun to have a long-form thing where you can dig deeper into some of the ideas. And I really appreciate you listening that carefully to the to the music and having such insightful questions. So thank you. Thanks again, Danny. Yeah, my pleasure. Today's Song of the Soul guest was Danny Schmidt on the web at dannyschmidt.com or follow the link from northernspiritradio.org. I hope you're all able to make out the pearls of wisdom or even just the commonplace insights that Danny had to offer what with the limiting factors of a cell connection and Danny's temporary location in New York Central Park. I see that we've got a minute left, so I'm going to take you out for today's Song of the Soul with a snippet from a song that Danny mentioned he would have liked to have included. Here's a happy parting gift from Danny Schmidt, a small portion of his song, Better Off Broke. All by my lonesome, by myself Ain't no soul left this boy can sell Cause there ain't no reason Make no rhymes And old child, you're right on time 
for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song of the soul